When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA playoffs mean next level b-ball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers, that's right, all of them, can also bet during the first round with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for bigger payouts. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. So, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR, that is D-N-V-R. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That is promo code DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You got to be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum. $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We have made it through another three days of drafting. Broncos fans nearly died of depravity, waiting until the end, the very end of round two, a trade back in round three. But we know, (laughs) we know the Broncos draft class right now. They are done. Will and I are going to talk about whether or not they got one of the biggest steals in the entire draft. The other steal that they got in this draft and just how completely on fire Will was with predictions prior to this draft while it was going on at Guillermo Yaves if you want to follow him on Twitter. It's the Broncos Draft Recap Podcast episode. So uh, a little late here in terms of, you know, we said we might do this. Saturday night, we were probably going to have a Friday night recap. Well, we ended up streaming the entire third, second and third round, which nearly killed both Will and I. So we mm-hmm. didn't do a, a recap for the Broncos there, but it's here today. We appreciate everyone showing up. Uh, today's episode sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code D-N-V-R when you sign up over at DraftKings to take advantage of all of their can't-miss offers. And, of course, my coffee company, Bench Wama Brew. Got the shirt on right now. We still got some shirts available. I don't think in this color, but uh, in the orange, the Stila's colors, and the red and blue, which is good for any occasion. Anyway, Will. Yes, sir. How are you feeling about the Broncos draft? And why don't you tell everybody about your super accurate predictions so this podcast has some legitimacy? Yeah, well, first of all, 
If I made any wrong predictions, I've already nope. forgotten them. And, That's how you do it. And you should too. But I did call Greg Dulcich yeah. moments before they did <clears throat> draft Greg Dulcich. Probably one of like three players that I said could be a strong possibility there. But yeah, no, I think I was, um, like he said, kind of on fire. Predicting this other teams' picks too. Is on fire. So basically, if you want to make money betting on the draft next year, uh, come to me first. I'll Go to out. Will first. Also, shout out to myself. Um, <laughs> let's see here. April 20th, a.k.a. 420, people thought I was high, that I was stupid and high. In that podcast, Will, just, mm-hmm. you know, not that long ago, here on YouTube or the podcast downloads, I titled the episode Draft Options for the Broncos at 64. And who did I put in the thumbnail? Nick Big Bonito. Nick. Nick motherfucking Casa Bonito. So sometimes by accident, we are just really, really good at what we do here. <laughs> we are good at listening to a ton of speculation and then narrowing it down to the most likely option. Yep. And then, uh, you know, kind of pretending that we came up with it. Of course. That's kind of our game and it's working Hell really yeah. well right now. Well, should like we, should I we think start about, with him. Let's start with Nick Bonito. I yeah. think like about 20 minutes before we did that podcast, I was just looking at guys who could possibly fall there. Never even heard of Nick Bonito. And uh, I was just like, <laughs> first of all, I like his name. Um, second of all, I've seen him some, like we talked about this. Some people had him ranked super high. Some were like, you know, yeah. mid late second round. And I think more people had him in that department. And I was like, well, that's kind of where the Broncos, like they might have to move up to draft this guy in the second round is what I thought. But we went with guys who would be possibly available at 64 and he was, and they took him. And uh, I'm just going to pop up this DNVR graphic here so you can see all of the Broncos draft picks. It went Nick Bonito, Greg Dulcich, Greg Dulcich, uh, Damari Mathis. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I, 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 I learned how to say his name yesterday and I forgot. Yoma Uwuzurike. Uwuzurike. It, it's actually pretty easy to say like once you get it. Yoma no, it's not. Um, uh, Delarian <laughs> Turner Yell. I think it's uh, Montreal, Delarian. Washington. What's that? I think it's Delarian, like the Delorean. Well, I thought it was Delarian too. I said Delarian, and then it's, it's not Del- phonetic. It's not. <laughs> I read a pronunciation for it that Jeez. it's okay. Delarian, which the the number of vowels. It's kind of like DNVR. The number of vowels uh, to create that kind of sound aren't. Uh, in the name itself, Correct. but you know Damn. what? We well, just got to adapt. My whole bit about Delarin the McLaren, because you're going to turn and yell when you see it, that died hard right now. <laughs> well, we, we got the DeLorean, Delarian kind of thing. Delarian. Yeah, because I said I, I said Delarian in the <laughs> Broncos draft recap, and then I edited out my voice, so it just sounded like I said Delarian the first time I said his name. Uh, so maybe my gut was right there, which is usually wrong in terms of pronunciation. Um, yeah, we, we got it eventually. Yeah. They get we'll Montreal, Washington, Luke Wattenberg, Matt Henningsen, and 
Fayon Hicks. Boom. We start with Nick Benito. Nick, uh, Nick, Will. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> hey, everybody, look, I got Nick Wright on the show today. Uh, oh, Nick Wright. I wonder if he liked the Chiefs draft. I wonder if he loved the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs had a really good draft, which sucks. Yeah. Every draft is good of, until the guys play. So, you know. Yeah. Except for probably the Jags. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to – there's kind of this disconnect because Benito is the first player we took. Right. So you kind of – you plug your first round kind of expectations on him, which isn't fair because you have to, you know, remind yourself that this is a guy who was picked with the last pick of the second round. You have to go into it knowing that while he was their first selection, this is a borderline second round, third round guy. <clears throat> and I think what the Broncos did here was smart because you're probably not finding very many complete players in terms of the total package, especially at edge at 64th overall. So they got a guy who is an incomplete player, but is really, really good at one thing. And that's rushing the passer. Yep. And in a division where the Broncos are probably going to run the ball, run the ball more than anybody, when you've got you know, Derek Carr and the Raiders, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, we know they don't like to run very much. Adding a guy who is really good at rushing the passer, but underdeveloped in terms of stopping the run, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I know some people were. Uh, kind of unhappy with it just because he doesn't have every tool in the box, so to say. That's okay because you you took a guy who's got some really strong attributes and has some room to improve at yeah. 60 overall, and that's, uh, that's what you're looking for at that slot in the draft. I think like knowing that they have Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb and – Let's just assume those two plans work, okay? That those yeah. guys are going to be your edge starters every down, all season long. They stay healthy. It's the perfect situation. Nick Bonito gets to come in for situational pass rushing. Like, it's the way, um, like, the Colts sort of used Justin Houston, uh, mm -hmm. not last year, but the year before when they still had him. Probably uh, kind of the way even Melvin Ingram was used for the chiefs a little bit, but like, it's okay. If he can just come in and attack the quarterback, you know, that's what he's going to do, but it's just like, can we stop this guy? And is from everything I've read, like obviously I said, I didn't know who the fuck he was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> like he's got a lot of tools in terms of making linemen miss him to get to the quarterback, which obviously you got to have as an edge rusher, but like some edge rushers are really good because they have that, but it's like they're they're really strong, right? Like they are more physically dominant than tackles they're facing. That's not really Nick's mo. And in fact, like his biggest knock is that he's pushed around in terms of run defense. But also, Red's really a good tackler, like in the open field. So yeah, you've got a little bit of fluidity, I think, with how the Broncos can use him. And if he's a guy who can come in and say get you six to nine sacks and it's just specialist like that's a huge win <laughs> even if it's like if it's like 
five sacks, but there's a ton of pressures and it forces like some bad throws. And you're hoping the Broncos have some leads where they can just go after quarterbacks relentlessly. Exactly. Now, if if Chubb or Gregory gets hurt and you need him to play a lot, then maybe, you know, before you can add maybe some size and strength to be the right kind of edge rusher at the NFL level, that's maybe where it looks like it's not the greatest pick. But Chris Sims, I watched the clip like four times because he was just like, they were talking about guys who they had like first round grades on that went later. Mm -hmm. And he he was like the first guy he talked about. And he was really excited about him. He was like, this is a first round talent in my opinion. Doesn't mean Chris Sims is right, but seeing somebody like, Seeing his praises that wasn't like a Broncos analyst was cool. And then also Pro Football Focus had him as one of like the uh, best value picks in the draft. So in terms of the Broncos not trading up or doing anything to make any moves, where they picked probably, possibly, optimistically, the best steal I've ever seen in my life. I think you're right on. And the fact that we predicted it ahead of time. Yeah, gotta feel good Love about that. that. Um, you made the connection. It was the Von Miller pick? Elvis Dumerville makes the the selection. Casa Bonita is Colorado issues. There's so many ties there. It just it's it's right. It feels right. Yeah, I mean, in terms of that connection, I had it first. Yep. You had it second. Because I and then Mike Kliss, glory, glory boy, Mike Kliss came in and stole it. Came at and the last stole second. our thunder. Came and stole our thunder. Okay, next dude, <clears throat> Greg Dulcich, who you predicted to the Broncos, you had your eye on. Um, tight end, also a lot of people not a fan of the Broncos taking a tight end. Uh, look, what we kind of talked about in the Broncos draft recap episode was that Outside of maybe like finding just that depth piece on edge who could maybe hopefully become full-time starter there. Wasn't like a, a singular need for the Broncos. We wanted right. edge. We wanted corner. We wanted possibly tackle uh, or inside linebacker. And I saw, I think it was Zach Stevens tweeted out that George Payton said they didn't go tackle or inside linebacker because the board just didn't fall in their favor for those positions. So they didn't draft them. And I think that's probably in the long run, what's what's going to make George Payton look like a good GM in terms <laughs> of orchestrating their drafts. Uh, like you can reach for guys, I think in the, the first round, uh, second round maybe, but after the, the third and fourth round, people getting super upset about draft picks. You don't fucking know. Yeah. yeah, like all of these guys are kind of close to the same. They're just, I think there are a lot of people who follow a couple teams and really like a few players and then want those players to go to their pro team that they, they like. Um, so tight end, it's kind of a need though, because no offense gone. And right, after right. that, like, so to me, I like this pick. I like that you were on his radar and Brett Coleman was uh, very high on Dulcich. Had him as his only tier one tight end. I recommend watching Coleman's uh, tight end episode if you want to get a, a better feel for Dulcich. But um, I think there's upside in with him in terms of production and probably a good fit for the way Russell Wilson functions as a passer. That's my takeaway. 
Yeah, you can do a lot of things with him because kind of the same thing with Albert O. People complain about this pick because Russell Wilson doesn't throw to the middle of the field, which he's also changing offenses, which you know that could necessitate a change in tendencies too. Who knows? But if he still doesn't yeah. throw to the middle of the field, Dulcich is really good outside the numbers too. You can literally we'll split him out as a wide receiver if you'd like to do that. They did need a tight end too because the the depth chart goes Albert O, who's you know hasn't been the healthiest player yeah. in his NFL career, and then after that you got Eric Tomlinson, who they picked up I think from the Ravens and has like I think you can count his number of NFL receptions on one hand, but obviously <laughs> he's the blocker of the group. Dulcich in terms of blocking seems like a wash, which is kind of a plus for a guy with his receiving skills. Uh, I know I talked about it during the stream, but he had this incredible touchdown against UCLA. And if you go back and watch that, he uh, was gives against two will oh, against LSU. Sorry. He played for UCLA. He scored a touchdown against LSU. Thank you for correcting me. You're welcome. I love, but if you go and watch that play, that kind of gives you an idea of the athlete that he is. Um, he also looks, I know, I think it was Ryan Green who pointed this out, but he does bear a striking resemblance to Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. No, he does. I like, I like the Fabio Franco uh, reference better. That's good too. Um, but he's honestly like, a, he's kind of a shapeshifter in terms of the way he looks, uh, kind of all over the, all over the draft big board in terms of shapeshifting ability. Uh, and in the Coleman episode, he talked about his blocking a little bit and there's definitely like room for improvement, but Brett said he's, by far was not the worst blocker of the tight ends in this class. And he mm -hmm. actually showed a willingness to do it, which is more than half he, the battle. Yeah. Which really. is more than he, he could say for some of the other tight ends he evaluated. So, you know, that's something that I think at his size and if the will is there, he can improve on uh, over time. And again, like hopefully in a Russell Wilson offense, not asking your tight end to do a lot of blocking. You're asking him to get fucking open and score touchdowns. Yeah. And they're going to use them vertically. Like I, I am, you know, it kind of sucks that we never got to see Noah Fant play with Russell Wilson, Yeah, but I think they're going to use Dulcich correctly. And the Broncos never used Noah Fant correctly, in my opinion. No. And to have two seam stretchers in Albert O and Dulcich, who probably has better hands than Albert O. Uh, it, it's just he is another he's another weapon from day one. And boom. Yeah. I, you can't have too many. I think Russell Wilson's going to have more weapons on offense than he's ever had in his life. So, I mean, that was pr almost true before the draft. You know, now you get him uh, a tight end. Uh, maybe. Uh, uh, Montrell Washington here who I want to talk about Montrell Washington and I want to talk about uh, Matt Henningsen mm -hmm. but Montrell Washington see the other thing like you forget about the draft too is special teams contributors that's a lot of what you're finding after the third round and possibly you know some of those guys develop into bigger role players for you 
But the Broncos yeah. special teams, again, outside of McManus, needed a help. shit show the last two years. And that included punt returner Deontay Spencer, who we really liked and rooted for, but just could never progress as a punt returner. Kind of became a liability. It wasn't really fumbling issues, just poor just no juice. <laughs> Extreme uh, lack of juice. Yeah, the juice was gone. So they get somebody in Montreal, Washington, who could be, you know, that secure punt returner with the big play capability. And let's just say, you know, KJ Hamler's coming back from a, you know, an ACL injury. We mm -hmm. expect him to be healthy, but for guys whose biggest strength is speed, you just never know when they're going to be fully ready to go. And maybe, uh, maybe this, this pick, you know, fills that sort of void if Hamler uh, isn't ready to go right away. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point in that it's an insurance policy as well. It is also, like you said, a Deontay Spencer replacement. And I think to me, it's obviously a different coaching staff, which is a good thing for two yeah. coaching staffs removed, but it's kind of like a redo on the Isaiah McKenzie pick. Yeah. To <laughs> the me. human joystick, who we were excited about when that happened. Yeah, and rightfully so, because he's a good player, just with a different team. So it's like a, it's like a do-over. Uh, this has been pointed out uh, on Twitter especially, but when Samford played Florida, Montreal Washington had a kick return touchdown and two other touchdowns. Yeah. Which is like he was single-handedly keeping his team in that game in which they're severely overmatched. So I, don't, I, I love that. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but basically – um, in this draft pick, the Broncos found uh, if I had to smash two players together, Devin uh, Hester. Be, no, it, well, I was gonna say Dante Hall and Tyreek Hill. This is okay. Dante Hall is a returner, Tyreek Hill is a receiver, and mm. that's his floor. That's this guy's floor. Ceiling, I, yeah, Pedro. I'm with you. Only God there. can stop him. God peed right on. <laughs> Right on Montreal, Washington. God, God did indeed pee. That, that's kind of his legacy, and he's not like I don't know. He's he's not Trenton Holiday. He's five foot ten, hundred seventy yeah. pounds. Which it's he, nice. you worry a little bit because he he had a motto in college, which was "I don't fair catch," <laughs> which I think is a fair thing uh, to do when you're playing for Samford. Yeah. Like why, he addressed why that already. Yeah, yeah, but he he also came back and said, "Oh no no no, if I need to, I will I will wave the hand and fair catch." Yeah, that's like, remember when um, we got Peyton Manning in 2012, and the punt returner for that whole season, I think until like late was Jim Leonard. Yeah, the white safety out of Wisconsin. Yeah. They had a, a very clear, especially, you know, this lines up with John Fox's overall philosophy, but it's like, we we're just not going to turn the ball over in the punt return game. And we're going to make sure Peyton Manning never loses an opportunity to score on offense. I think they're being a little more aggressive here after acquiring Russell Wilson. Yeah, no, I think they're being aggressive and 
I'm going to trust the new special teams coordinator to be an improvement because the last one was so horrible. Um, and if like if fumbling or something became an issue because he was trying to return too many, uh, I'm going to have faith that they correct that, that that gets corrected. Yeah. And whereas last year, if it were an issue, yeah, it would be an issue all season long. You just be like, we're, we've <laughs> right. got a plan. We're sticking to it. Um, yeah. You have to accept too that young players, they make mistakes. They make mistakes. Uh, but I think it it's, it's, comforting bringing in a guy who's already excelled at both punt and kick returns like you know he's good at that it's not like he did some of this in college we want to try him here it's like this is why we're probably bringing him in and maybe you know he turns into a uh x type weapon for the offense so a lot of upside i think and again kick returns in denver not really a thing (laughs) it's gonna be punt um but again late round pick he he might not even make the team there's that there's that possibility too there's but, that possibility he also like we, we haven't really talked about it but he's a he's a good offensive player too you could do some things with him i think he's gonna he's gonna be that jet sweep guy jet sweep if handler isn't Hamler's not healthy, ready to go, which yeah. seems to be the case a lot of the time. Yeah, and it's like also you'll save Jerry Judy so much running behind the line of scrimmage if this guy takes that job. Yeah, Jerry Judy was basically like running on a treadmill last year. Yeah. It was pure he's, cardio. He's, his conditioning, his conditioning Excellent. level, best in the NFL. Nobody <laughs> ran more meaningless yards than Jerry Judy. Yeah, and he, he's – He's got like very little um, wear and tear because he just never got hit. Yeah, his knee is so strong now. His ankles are great. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we get into the rest, because there's a guy I'm really excited to talk about. Just like oh, you yeah. should be really excited about DraftKings Sportsbook. Look, the draft is over, but NBA playoffs—they're in full swing. Playoffs. And DraftKings is an official. Sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets. And that's going on through the NBA playoffs. Uh, Nuggets are out. Okay, we know, we know, we know. There are other teams maybe you're not as excited about, but putting a little money on the game might get you excited. Uh, Same game parlays. Ever heard of those? You can do it with DraftKings and the NBA playoffs. Combine multiple bets for bigger payouts. Plus, place the same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if a leg doesn't hit. They call that security. Now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs. Second round, I think it's going to be similar offer. Okay, we're right on the cusp of those switching. But you can get $150 in free bets instantly. Code DNVR, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official partner of the NBA. Got to be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking NBA of playoffs, too long. NBA too playoffs, long. yeah. Were you rooting for Boogie? 
uh, as a member of the Nuggets at all? Yeah, I suppose. It's just it feels like it's been such a long time since he was in Sacramento. And he's yeah. kind of a he's a very polarizing figure was to it? say the least. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's all the basketball talk we got today. Come back next week for our 30 seconds of hard floor action. (laughs) That's what they call it, the hard floor. The hard floor. 360 windmill, hard floor, ball bouncing. You know what I want to see in the NBA? More 360 layups. I want to see more three-pointers. There's not enough. Not enough. Well, that's true for the Nuggets. Yeah, that is true. Okay, here we go. Somebody I didn't expect to get excited about. Sixth round selection, Matt Henningsen out of Wisconsin. They went Wisconsin with their final two picks. Uh, Fayon Hicks, a cornerback. Uh, We'll talk about Damari Harris. As well, uh, the other uh, corner they selected, Damari Harris. I think they're going to use him on special teams, uh, as you know, because he's he's good at tackling. Kind of a hard hitter, great tackling corner, tackling an issue on special teams. That's a fit. But the only reason I got excited about Matt Henningsen is our friend Brett Coleman. And look, Brett, Brett's really good. He's just one man analyzing football. The best <laughs> YouTuber doing it. He worked at the NFL Network. He knows his shit. Doesn't mean he's right all the time, and that's for any draft analyst. But I'm going to try to – let me get his tweet about this guy real quick. Where is it, Brett? I would also just like to point out that he was a finalist for the William V. Campbell Trophy, which is the academic Heisman. So we're getting a Heisman finalist in the sixth round. (laughs) Matt Henningsen. Heisman finalist. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. Okay, here's here's Brett Coleman. Okay, Denver just drafted one of the freakiest athletes in this whole draft, and I love him dearly. That was when they took him. Then we go <laughs> back to April fifth. Was watching Wisconsin again, and this demon wearing number ninety two kept making plays. Thought it might be Henningsen, so I looked it up, and sure enough, it was. Went to look up his testing numbers. 6'3", 289 pounds. BJ, 9'11". Whoa, that's a great blowjob score. He can handle anything up to 9'11". <laughs> BJ, 37.5. SS, 4.22. 3C, 7.16. I don't know what any of those numbers really I think the last one was. I think the last one was 3-cone. Oh, yeah, 3-cone. vertical this? SS is sh- something shuttle? Short shuttle, sh- shuttle speed. Yeah. Shutter speed. BJ, that's his vertical jump, 37.5. BJ, broad uh, jump. Oh, broad jump. Hell yeah. Nine feet, 11 inches. And then he concluded the tweet with, that's Aaron Donald territory as an athlete. Okay. And then For he added one more tweet. Finalist Ga- like Aaron Hold Donald. On. Yeah. Gaze upon the visage of the destroyer destroyer of worlds. And then he just posted a uh, photo of him. The visage. Um, so did the Broncos draft Aaron Donald? I think they did, Will. Yeah. I I think you I think you might be right. A lot of people have been uh, borderline racist 
in their evaluation of this pick, calling him like a just a trench guy, like a corn fed Midwestern lunch pail workman like type player. No, this is a freak. This is an athletic specimen. Yeah. Who who also so happens to have the mind of goodwill hunting. (laughs) He had a four point oh at Wisconsin and majored in electrical engineering. Wow. So like they also got just to zoom out a little bit, they got an incredible like character type of class. And I know like you can laugh at me for this, but to draft a guy like Greg Dulcich, who just seems like he has one of the best attitudes and mindsets in the draft and seems like he pairs really well with, with Nathaniel Hackett. I think that like, I think that honestly means something, especially later on in the draft. Yeah. It's not to, it's not to be disregarded. No, I can get on board with that. And I think that's a smart approach to, you know, selecting your players. Also, you should do your research and figure out maybe which players were fans of the Broncos as a child. Oh, yeah. Matt Henningsen. I don't even think we've really mentioned what position he plays. It's defensive end. <laughs> yeah. It's defensive end. We were alluding to it. Yeah. Um, but let's let's just say he turns out to be the other steal. So this mm-hmm. is the other possible steal in the draft. Okay. Let's say his athletic upside is that insane. And he can come in and immediately be a rotational player on the defensive line and hell. Let's just call him the next Derek Wolf on the defensive end. Ooh, okay. I the like next that. Derek Wolf for the Broncos. If he hits, they take care of their edge situation because I think obviously Von Miller was amazing, a skill set unlike any other. But he had his most success when he was playing off the hip of Derek Wolf. So if you've got like that type of player, and I don't know if the, I don't know if this guy can be it, but maybe. And, and like to have somebody opposite Draymond Jones that can do that, and you got him that late. Solid. And the other, the the guy that they, I think they drafted to be that player is uh, Uwazurki. So, Uwazurike. Uwazurike. Chido Bay, Uwazurike. Uwazurike. I will learn it by the time the season starts. So, they get two guys who can come in and help on the defensive line. And I think that's an area where you're just not sure about the, the depth there. Uh, mm-hmm. Excited about DJ Jones, uh, Draymond Jones, all the Joneses. Telvin Aguim, perhaps. Then you got McT- he's the projected starter right now, right? Um, so we'll see. I think that I think that position group got stronger, and maybe this is a, a sixth round guy who actually turns out to be a long term uh, contributor to your team. So yeah, they have like a they have the chance to do what the Eagles like to do, which is to rotate a ton of guys and, and keep them fresh. Yeah. And I think that will be important too with the lead and you're pass rushing a lot. That'll, that kind of takes a lot out of you. So you have to have really good depth and yeah, no, I, I, I love this pick. I think the Awuzarike pick was, 
I like that one too because he's a huge dude, but he had the athleticism to play off yeah. the edge, and he had a ton of production at Minnesota too, which is when you get like a, a really, really capable athlete mixed with actual production, something that the Jaguars weren't interested in with the first <laughs> overall pick. Yeah. Totally that's, that's kind of the dream in the fourth round. Yeah, it's – I think one of those guys will contribute this season and we'll notice it when watching mm-hmm. games. What was I going to say? Um, oh, it was like, to me, I like kind of gauging possibly how the Broncos did in the draft by seeing like how fans of that, the, the team that a player played for react yeah. to the pick. And a lot of uh, it was Iowa State. Is that where he went? Uzurike, yeah, he's from Iowa yeah. State. Uzurike went to Iowa State. There were a lot of Iowa State fans I noticed were really excited to see him get drafted, and that they're like, "Your Broncos are going to love this guy. You're going to love this guy." So when I see that on Twitter, um, it makes me, you know, excited about the player as somebody who doesn't watch a lot of college football. Now again. Uh, I, the Broncos kind of got a consensus uh, draft grade of a B. I think Kuiper gave him a B. Pro Football Focus gave him a B. Saw a lot of Bs. Mm-hmm. Fine. Nice when you get a B. Means a lot of people think they made smart choices. Uh, well, you know, I think we got really high draft grades for Drew Locke and for Paxton Lynch. And doesn't yeah. mean they always work out. But... For a for not having a day one pick and an early day two pick, I feel like the Broncos did the best they could. Would have liked to see tackle addressed. They like the tackles they have, apparently, but they also the draft didn't fall their way. It kind of felt like the Seahawks were taking some of the guys that I would like the Broncos to have drafted. Yeah. Um Abe Lucas, especially. Abe Lucas, Kobe Bryant. Uh, who else were – I think maybe the – Ray. who got – we thought they were going to trade up for uh, the Auburn corner, McCrary. Oh, McCrary. Uh, yeah. yeah, that didn't happen. Went pretty early on in the second. Yeah, he went quick. So there's some guys we thought might fall. They just didn't. Um, did the Seahawks get Boye Mafe too? Is that who they also drafted? That's a good question. I know that. I, yeah, he was, I think he was on their radar. Yeah, the they Seahawks got, got everybody except for a quarterback. Yeah, and the Seahawks also took. Uh, well, they signed Caleb Ellaby, who I think the Broncos really wanted, the quarterback from Western Michigan. Oh, that's right. So, so the, yeah, the Broncos don't. I think they wanted a backup quarterback, and I don't. I don't think they got him. No, they didn't. Who did Boy uh, Moffat go to? Uh, yeah, the Seahawks, to, right? Yeah, he went to the Seahawks. Those damn now, Seahawks are trying to get revenge. Yeah. Guess what, Seattle? Go ahead. I hope you had the best draft in the NFL. I hope you get the award for it, just like the Broncos did. And you missed the playoffs, just like the Broncos <laughs> did, because you don't have a fucking quarterback. That said, both Will and I are actually really pulling for Drew Locke. So part of me, uh, like I want Drew to see Locke him might a, be the biggest winner from this draft. Yeah, I want to see him get a chance. And Until Seattle they actually trade for Baker Mayfield. 
they had the the kind of draft I've, I think Russell Wilson was asking them to have for the last five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, it's weird. It, felt, it, it felt extremely spiteful. Yeah. Extremely I've, spiteful. It, and they also took Kenneth Walker, which was just a hilarious pick. For oh, the running that, back. Yeah, that was the one that felt Chris Carson like and extended uh, yeah. and re-signed Rashad Penny, who they also took in the first round back in 2018. Yeah. But Most teams yeah, Drew rotate. Locke's in a great situation. Yeah, he's not going to have to throw it a lot. Which is ideal for Drew Locke. It is. That's how you <laughs> limit his in, in, interceptions. Throw less. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple. Foolproof. Um, I was going to say that I put this – I'm working on teams that had really good drafts. It's like it's kind of weird. The Seahawks and I felt like the Lions had really good drafts. And they're only able to do it after they got rid of their really good quarterbacks. Yeah. That was kind of surprising that the Lions didn't end up with a quarterback. Yeah, they should have. They should have taken Carson Strong, um, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, any of those guys. Yeah. I, I mean, we're going to come out with a video about it, but the the quarterback class has a chance to to be really good in terms of the value. Sorry, say that again. I was, a video started playing. An no, ad. I was just saying we have a video coming out uh, soon about, about the, the quarterback teammates. class and how, how it has yeah. to the chance to be really good when you factor in the value that a lot of these teams like the the Commanders got. Uh, I wanted to call him Baker Mayfield, but Sam Howell in the fifth round, and he could start yeah. this year. He could just come out and be better than Carson Wentz immediately. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't shock me. He was a first round project. He was for a he while. He was the number one overall pick for a while. Yeah. He was the top guy. And like, then, yeah. And he wasn't bad last year either. He had a bad first game. I think he threw three interceptions in week one last season. And everybody's like, well, guess he's not the top pick anymore. Yeah. He also lost 